0: okay so today we are carrying on with a uh, Kingdom Builders theme we've been doing Kingdom Builders since the beginning of, of January and I think it's been one of the most exciting um, serv- uh, or series that we've been planning we've actually had multiple people share we've had Shannon share we had T share we launched life groups we had Keith share last week I'm getting to share so it's like we're just packing that the, the, the team is all up here right that is how the body works. Yes. the body works together. Yeah. This church is not a one man show or a one or a two man show or a three man show or a, We function as a body, so we are talking about kingdom builders, and today, I specifically want to start from the perspective of it um, inside out we 've spoken about. Keith spoke last w- uh, week about the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And we're in one or the other kingdom, right? We don't have an option, even if we choose to remain ignorant. Uh, by default, you're in the kingdom of darkness. You don't accidentally get saved. You might accidentally find yourself in a position to make a choice to get saved, but you don't get saved accidentally. Am I right? Okay. I'm taking this earring out because I've heard that earrings that fling around do that. And so if I look a little lopsided, bear with me. Bear with me. Okay, question for you. Who do you think you are? Because who you think you are may or may not be who you are, but it is how you act. If you think you're a dog, you're going to walk around on all fours and lick somebody, or don't do that, please. If you think you're a cat, if you think you're a loser, if you think you're not worth it, that's how you'll act. So what you believe about who you are is critical to your life. And do you know that even though other people have lots of opinions, most of them are not about you. And even if they were, they're not true. Just because somebody thinks something about you does not mean that you are subject to it. You are subject to your own filters that you create. Now, if you choose to believe someone's opinion about you, I'll pray for you. God is the only one who knows who you are. He said what he said, and it is true. Now, will we believe what he says, or will we just say, well, but I feel, like Terrence said, feelings are, they're a gift from God, unless they're lying. And most of the time, if they're not bringing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, if they're not bringing that, they're lying to you. They're stealing from you. They're robbing you of life, right? So there's a, a book that we've done here at the church for a couple of years. Um, it's called The Search for Significance. And uh, it's an older book. Um, we've gone through it. How many of the ladies, I know it's mostly ladies that have done it. How many ladies did The Search for Significance over these couple of years? How many of you found the, the thing that made you go, why have I been tripping over this for so long? Anybody find something that made you go, okay? Let's get that out the way now, right? There's a couple areas where we tend to look for significance. In other words, we try and find our identity or our value from a couple different things. The first one I want to bring out is something called uh, the performance trap. And it's only a trap on both sides. It's only a trap if you're doing well, you feel like, I've got it together, I'm awesome, I'm doing so well, until you're not, and then you're suddenly on the other side of the ditch where you're like, I'm terrible, I can't do anything, I've failed, I've disqualified myself. In other words, you're set up for disappointment. You look for value in doing good, and you won't be able to sustain it on your own. Or you disqualify yourself because you see how often you fail. Anybody besides me fail? Okay, anybody, anybody besides me tell a lie? The rest of you can raise your hands now. <laughs> Do, how many of you, what, what that song said and what Lawrence prayed earlier, you know, murderers, adulterers, liars, cheats, there is hope for all of us if God can use people like David, and Paul, and Peter, and, and the gamut of people that he chooses to use, he doesn't look at the labels that their choices, often, have attached to them, and say, you're not qualified. He says, are you available? Are you available? He will use whoever. You might hear who quite a lot in this I'm kind of liking Dr. Seuss. I've been, I've been looking up a couple of his um, quotes and stuff like that. And I, That man is, excuse me, not Dr. Seuss, C.S. Lewis. But Dr. Seuss is his, I don't know what you call him, the way, that, the way that he communicates, in that sense. So the performance trap is one of those areas. Now, you may identify with that and say, I feel like I'm on the seesaw between doing good and not doing good tell me if you've been on that seesaw it is exhausting i am a recovering i'm a recovering performer now does that mean i can't perform anymore i can just my motive has changed we've spoken about dead works and good works dead works tries to earn prove show Good works is, this is who I am. Why do I pick up the trash on the ground? Because I value this place and I think it's worth keeping clean, right? Because I, so in other words, I'm not doing it to prove something. I do it because it's who I am. I meow because I think I'm a cat. Not really, just. Okay, so the, the second area is being an approval addict. You remember we spoke about people's opinions? Man, when you chase the approval of somebody else, oh, you will be running forever. It is exhausting. Have you ever given somebody else power and permission over your life, only to be ever told no? Like, you're just never good enough. I have, and it's exhausting. It really is. If I feel like I have to measure up to somebody else's expectations and I'm constantly chasing their approval, could that be my spouse, my parents, my friends, my boss, my pasta, pastor? I didn't say that for approval, I just said that for understanding. Some people think I'm talking about marinara sauce and spaghetti when I say pasta. <laughs> I'm not. I apologize for the accent. I pray for the gift of interpretation for you. The, f- the, the uh, third area that we, we tend to find ourselves when we're looking for significance is the blame game. And what that means is, I feel like I have absolutely no control, and I am the victim. It is always somebody else's fault. It's God's fault, it's the devil's fault. It's my husband's fault, it's my kid's fault. It's this disease that's trying to take ownership of my body, but it's never me. If that ain't a trap. Now I'm not saying you don't have a husband and a wife and a boss and children and and even potentially a sickness that's trying to take hold on your body, but those are not, they're not in charge of you. You get to yield your control, you know, we're not even going to go down the the control conversation, right, God has given me, the Holy Spirit, one of those gifts that he gives me and produces inside of me is self-control, why, because I need it, but he created me with the autonomy of choice, and he actually says to me, besides giving you the ability to choose, here are some pointers, don't eat that fruit, don't do these things, they'll produce death in your life, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, don't Why does God want us to know those things? So that we can have a good life. That's always been his intention, is for us to succeed and have abundant life. From the beginning of creation, that's been his intention, is that we get the good stuff. Not that we get to play puppets, right? And anytime we yield our control by blaming somebody else, something else, and and to the point that it could be an addiction, Sure, but own it and make a choice. It's a sin that's got me enslaved. Call it a sin and repent. Make it a change. Don't say, oh, it's good, it's not got me. No, 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 I just, I can, ch- I can stop if I choose. Say what God says. This is not good for me. And he's given me freedom from it, I'm going to walk away, I'm going to stand on what he says, right, take back that blame, and I don't mean, uh, it's your fault, because we fall into that trap too, everything's my fault, if I hadn't done this, or thought that, or opened that door, or sinned like this, or gone, if you take it like it's all your fault too, and you feel like you deserve what you got, you're never going to understand that God redeemed you. God is the redeemer. You're not having to redeem yourself. You know, he's the one who throws the life preserver to you. You just have to receive it. You don't even pull yourself in. Will you receive what he is freely throwing to you? Guilt and shame, the fourth one. when you're a recovering performer or approval addict or have things that you can blame, we get stuck in this little world of shame and guilt. And I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand because you know why? You're probably too ashamed and too guilty to raise your hand. Actually, how about we just all raise our hands because the truth of the matter is we've all got something to feel shame or guilt about. But Jesus... In other words, there is no guilt, no shame that can stop you from receiving what Jesus has paid for you to have. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how far away it's been. I don't care how secret it's been. God is our Redeemer. He is our Redeemer. Turn with me, if you will. Matthew 16, verse... 13 We're going to read quite a bit of a scripture here. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you're welcome to, to take them out, but I'm going to read them from the screen. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are the people saying about me, the son of man? Whom do they believe I am? They answered, some are convinced you are John the baptizer, and others say you are Elijah reincarnated, or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But, You, who do you say that I am, Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you did not discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, of heaven's kingdom realm, to forbid on earth which is forbidden in heaven, and to release on earth which is released in heaven. Then he gave his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was God's anointed one. From then on, Jesus began clearly to, reveal, began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem, suffer injustice from the elders, leading priests and religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed and three days later be raised to life again. Peter took him aside and corrected him privately. Mm, he reprimanded Jesus over and over goodness, he's insistent, saying, God forbid, master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get out of my way, Satan. You're an offense to me because your thoughts are only filled with man's viewpoints and not the ways of God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should come at once completely, reject and disown your own life, and you must be willing to share my cross and its experience as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Man, there's so much in that one. Like, There's a lot in there. But I want to take you to the beginning, where Jesus asks the question, saying, who do you say I am? And Peter has a revelation that God gives him, a word of knowledge as it were, to say you are the Messiah, you're the Christ. And he recognizes Jesus for who Jesus is. And as soon as that has happened, Jesus says, okay, now let me tell you who you are. When you see Jesus for who he is, you will have a revelation of who you are. Not only who you are, but what you have been called to. Your purpose. Now, some days I feel like that picture is a little blurry for me. Some days I feel like, I'm not quite sure where, like what do the steps to my purpose look like? Oh, you know what, he told me not to worry because he was gonna lead me. Does that change my purpose? No, it doesn't change my purpose. So we've got two concepts here that I want to talk about. Identity and purpose. How many of you have a pretty clear picture of what your purpose is in life? Raise your hand if you've got a pretty clear picture of your purpose. Okay, raise your hand if you've got a pretty clear picture of your identity. And some of you are going... Aren't those the same thing? Well, I I had to go on a journey personally because I was chasing purpose to find my identity. I was searching for my significance in my purpose. And I just wasn't getting traction and I just wasn't getting traction and I was not getting traction. And it sounds funny to tell the story now, but the picture that God gave me was a hamster bowl. You know those hamster wheels, the ones that are bowls that kind of... And, and this hamster wheel was stuck at the edge of the carpet. If you've ever had one of these in your house. That little hamster in there is just not heavy enough to make the transition across from the tile to the carpet. Because it just doesn't have the substance. It's just, you know, I mean, they eat a lot, but... it it's kind of like that i'm just not getting anywhere i'm trying my hardest and i'm not getting anywhere and god dropped this in my heart until you get your identity settled you don't have the ability to get to your purpose you do not have the ability to get to your purpose you may be able to see it and it's not changing but you're spinning your wheels and trying your hardest and exhausting yourself but you're not able to get there until you've got your identity settled. And I think it's probably a year and a half ago now, we did a series called Born Identity. Um, I think it is a year and a half. Time has flown this year or last year, even the the of half of the other year. So I think it's a year and a half or two years ago, we started doing this series called Born Identity. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that if this is an issue that God's working on in your heart. Because we spent, I think, four through four weeks on identity. And I remember I was up here preaching the the, the first message of that, and God put something inside, inside my mouth. I said something without thinking it. In other words, this was not me saying this, this was God who said it, and then I was like, <gasps> write that down, write that down. Seriously, it was one of those moments like, okay, this is worth remembering. As believers, our identity is identical to Jesus. In other words, as believers, there is nothing that separates you and me from each other. Because in Jesus, which is where we are, we have the same promises, the same power the same Holy Spirit the same the same the same the same there is no difference in our identity I'm not a two-thirds of a version and you're three-quarters of a version and you're one-quarter of a version no 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 in him we are complete one in other words when I get that part settled and I recognize you know what when God looks at me in Jesus, and let's qualify this: apart from Jesus, nothing. John 15 says, when "You abide in me; you'll bear fruit. There'll be there'll be evidence. You'll have life flowing through you. Apart from me, nothing. So, there is a black and white kingdom, or excuse me, light and dark kingdom, like we spoke about. You're either in Jesus or you're not. You're not like, kind of, maybe, you know. Actually, there's, a, there's a, a, a church in Revelations that gets warned. That's a good way of saying it. Don't be lukewarm. Be in or out, because lukewarm is out. Good news is, it's easy to be in. It, ju- it just takes saying yes the last couple scriptures in in, uh, Matthew 16, where he says, lay down, or take up your cross, lay down your life. When we understand what Jesus' purpose was, his purpose for coming to the earth was to redeem us, was to give us access, unconditional access. We are not even part of that covenant. We're just beneficiaries. In other words, Jesus signed the check. The bank guaranteeing it is heaven itself. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to go and cash the check or not? Because you either believe that it's worth it or not. I'm cashing that check. I'm cashing that check check all day long. How many of you wish that you'd won that whatever the, the jackpot was? I wish you had to. I wish you had to. Cash that check, pay those taxes, move on. Quick side note on that that same scripture where where, um, Jesus tells Peter, you're the foundation on which I'm going to build this church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, we're on the offense we've got to recognize where are we going on offense? We are going to go and redeem people from an eternity in hell. Yes. We're, not, we're not breaking into the Capitol. We're not being rude and offensive. We are going to go and help people who do not know that God loves them, who are trapped in sin, and who need to know that God has already paid for it. He has already done everything that needs to be done to receive him, to receive them from that sin. Am I right? Okay, so let's be clear. When we go on the offense, church, it's not to be offensive. It is to redeem. Okay, good. Peter, Peter then goes and says, um, no, Jesus, no, 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 no. Let me tell you how it should be. So Peter has his habit. So he does this with, with Jesus there and, Jesus says to him get behind me Satan and then um well then we know the story about him denying Jesus and then uh cutting the ear off of the guy in the garden and uh then even after Jesus is raised from the dead you know Jesus says to him will you feed my sheep and and Peter's like what are you even asking for it's like all arrogant and eventually he's like you know I will and then and then you know, Jesus says, okay, this is your job, right? This is your, he reminds him again what his purpose is. As many times as he kept screwing up. And then after all of this, Peter goes, what about John over there? Like, like my opinion about John or your, makes a difference. We are not supposed to be comparing ourselves to the person in the seat next to us. Because your identity in him is the same as theirs i don't care what their gifts and callings are i don't care what their titles are actually i hate titles i i you i'll leave it at that i really do and you know what you know what i hate even more is people who demand titles (laughs) excuse me i don't hate them it just bugs me it bugs me when somebody is so insecure that they have to have a title in order to fulfill a role I have a friend, um, Hans, uh, in, in, in fact, Hans is one of the speakers that's going to be coming to the Overflow Conference in April. And a couple of years ago, Hans shared this two-line statement that just stuck with me, like, yes, I love that. He said, titles create entitlement. Roles create enrollment. And I was like, yes. So we will have lots of roles at this church, but we will have as few titles as possible at the church. So titles are not, if you came for a title, I'm sorry, they're not for sale, available, negotiable, none of that. We think of identity in terms of DNA and fingerprints. Whose DNA do you have in him? It's not your own, it's not. We don't even have our own hands, we are His hands. So be thinking in terms of identity, we are identical. Now, purpose. We have a collective purpose as the church. We've been given one commission. Shout it out if you know what it is. That's it, go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations, not just the one that you're currently a citizen of, right? I love America. I absolutely, I, I, I still believe that America is a country of great opportunity and hope, no matter what, no matter who's president, no matter. No matter now, will I vote? Yes. Will I vote for righteousness? 100% of the time. But you know what? I've got to keep my eyes on what's primary. What's primary is not America. What's primary is not Israel. What's primary is not everybody being equal. What's primary is God's commission, His kingdom. When I get my priorities in order, suddenly the rest of my life shakes out. But as long as I'm living for me first, pleasure first, someone else first being enslaved to them I'm not keeping the priorities in order and guess what life's kind of gonna be miserable anybody experienced that before yes okay Colossians 2 verse 10 turn there with me I'm reading from the passion translation and our own completeness is now found in him we are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Through our union with Him, we've experienced the circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power sin, ha- sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the Anointed One, has accomplished for us. For us. He did it, we receive it, we benefit. We take the check and cash it. Say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, thank you, Father. Will there be things that we will do? Yes, because He created us unto good works. In other words, when you are who He says you are, you'll be happy to give, happy to serve, that's who you will be, because you have recognized, I don't have to do this, I get to do this, right? So, we're, you know, we've, we've been building up in this um, Kingdom Builders thing, we're, we're building, in case you hadn't noticed, we've been building on, on different foundations, and we're going to be doing, in next week's message, Or next week, we're going to be asking people to make a commitment to serve somewhere. Why are you telling me this now, Karin? I might not come to church next week. (laughs) I'm telling you so that you can spend time preparing your heart and asking God to give you A, willingness, B, wisdom, because you're probably going to need it, and C, grace, because His ability in you is better than your inability any day of the week okay that's it even though he gave us the gifts and talents we already have if we're going to sit on them and not actually use them they're not going to produce for the kingdom and that's the goal right the goal is to expand the kingdom as believers that is our goal we're here to be ambassadors to share the gospel to make disciples I wish it was as easy as saying, "Boop, disciple." <laughs> boop, hey. Okay, so this is a fun little story. Um, when Paul Hauser, our longtime custodian here at the church, passed away, um, we started trying to push the vacuum cleaners that he'd been pushing for ever, and literally having custom-made bags for because they were so old. So I'm not joking. If you push one of those vacuum cleaners, you felt it the next day. It was serious. So we did this exercise after Paul passed away, and and, uh, we've got a couple of ladies that help us during the week with different things. So we got these lightweight, fancy you know, cordless things. They just don't suck as well. They just don't do quite as good a job. So we decided, hey, let's get a shark robot vacuum cleaner. (laughs) How many of you have ever had one of those? Okay, so I'm still learning to love this thing a little bit because it's got to map out the hallway. It's, it's got to actually build a map so that I can send it there. Like, So I'm having this love-hate relationship right now about the, the vacuum cleaner because I would love to be able to just say, You know that square where everybody comes in and drags sand and stuff like that? Just go clean that up, right? But in the meantime, it's doing the whole way up and down over there. I'm like, no one's in that hallway. Come out of there. You know, just... And I'm thinking, man, is this how hard it is to make disciples? (gasps) Like, I'm not trying to program a robot, am I? Like, anyway. I'm getting off topic, but I thought it was a fun story. So if you come in and you see a little machine whirring on the floor. Don't don't bump it. Don't move it. Because it's busy mapping. <laughs> it's mapping. And please don't leave any doors open because then it'll get stuck in here. It doesn't need to clean this one. We'll still use manpower, brain power for this one. Okay. I wanna, I wanna touch base on a couple different things. So so we've established already that identity is common in the family. In other words, we have the same identity. Now this is in the family. Well, what about in mankind? Because before there was Jesus, there was a created being, man, who was made in the image of God. So there is even common identity with people who are not yet in the kingdom of light. And we've gotta recognize that. There isn't an us and them, we're good enough, they're not. We've just grabbed onto the life preserver and they haven't yet. Maybe because they haven't heard of the life preserver. Maybe it's our job to say, hey, grab that life preserver. Turn around. So we're not better than or more valuable than somebody who has not yet come from the kingdom of light. Let's be ultra clear about that it does not matter what country they're in what color their skin how much money they've got literally how much money they've got because a lot of people with lots of money need Jesus equally much right doesn't matter what their IQ is it doesn't matter what their physical if they're in a wheelchair and they can only blink they're no less valuable to the kingdom. Do not measure people by the labels that society puts on us. If a label expires when somebody dies, it's not truly an identity. In other words, your even the functions that you play: are you a teacher? Are you a uh, a driver? Are you a coach? Are you? I don't. Whatever your Labels are that you take as an identity, if they expire when you die they 're not really part of your identity because the things that are your identity they 're going to carry on for eternity, Amen. child of God, accepted in the beloved, yes. made righteous, the righteousness of god so i want to I want to make sure that we understand pre like all of mankind, everybody the family who we are in him and then I want to get into purpose next week is that good but before you go home today I've got some things I'd love for you to write down um, they're gonna be on the screen and I'm going to read them kind of slowly so that you can write them down I've written the short versions of the the uh, references so that you can scribble them down I'm gonna do this if you want this digitally send a text message To our number. If you don't know the number yet, um, speak to somebody at the info booth. Just send a text message saying, I am, to that number. And I will make sure that I get you these digitally. My goal is not to just rattle them off. I want you to be able to revisit and revisit and revisit and revisit and revisit. Do you know why? Because this is how you get established. This is a daily affirmation. This is who I am. And if it truly is who I am, it's worth knowing. And if it truly is who I am, it's going to become so um, second nature that I don't even need a piece of paper. Before we go there, I've got a scripture. Sorry, Rochelle, I'm going to jump to 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Lexi, when you were praying this morning, this is exactly what, what came to mind. In the Passion Translation, it says, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He has called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and he now claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I, you know, I didn't know what songs were being sung. I do not know that Lexi knew exactly what I was teaching on, where is Lexi actually, there you are, sorry, it's super bright up here, if you've not stood up on the stage, before you decide you want to be a preacher, come and check out the lights, you might need some sunglasses, and some makeup, um, okay, so let's quickly go to the in him, or I am statements, I am God's workmanship, he created me, Ephesians two ten. I am a son of God or a daughter of God. Like Shannon said a couple weeks ago, he said, look, if the girls have to be a son of God, it's okay because the boys have to be the bride of Christ. So (laughs) let's not get worried about gender. Don't get worried about gender. I am a child of God. I am full of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, you're missing out. So don't go home without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I am a new creation. Second Corinthians five, seventeen. I am saved by grace. Ephesians two, eight. I am free from sin. Romans six, fourteen. Not free to sin. Make sure you get your prepositions right there. Free from sin. I am a slave to righteousness. Romans six eighteen. I am more than a conqueror. Randy, I saw you running, babe. Where are you, Randy's? Randy, yes, you are winning. Yes. You are just like Pastor Earl was saying. You are walking out more than a conqueror. Romans eight thirty seven. I am crucified with Christ. Galatians two two. I am justified by faith in Jesus. Galatians 2:16. I am hid in Christ. Enveloped. Colossians 3:3. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5:21. I'm an heir of God. Romans 8:17. I am a joint heir with Jesus. Romans 8, 17. I'm accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1, 6. And I am at peace with God. Romans 5, 1. Man. You can take that. Th- I mean, literally, you could just take that and go over those. And go over those. And go over those. And let those realities become real that is who God says you are but I don't feel it I hear you these days when I don't feel it and I actually have to tell my feelings no the Bible says this but I still don't feel it and I feel like I'm having to work for it you're not working for it you're just trying to let go of the junk that's lying to you You don't have to do anymore. You just have to believe what he said. Receive it by faith. We receive everything by faith. Healing. Deliverance. The whole package comes by faith. The salvation package doesn't include, well, you're going to heaven, but you're not free from sin, you're not healed, you're not no, 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 no. It is the whole package. It's not piecemeal. Now, if you choose not to cash in all the checks that's that's just ignorance and that's why we're obviously called to not be ignorant to be going after understanding learning getting to know our God and the covenant which we're just beneficiaries we we didn't do anything to make it happen he chose before the foundation of the of the world that we would be the object of his love and by that I mean not just those of us who were born after the entire human race. Well, what about those people who, who were born and, and died before Jesus? I believe they will have an opportunity to hear the gospel. They will get to choose too. Many of them were longing for a Messiah in the Bible and they never saw him in the flesh. But we're not fleshly beings, we're eternal beings. Are we going to choose kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness? I know which one I'm picking. I want to read through these, but I want you to stand with me. And we're going to make this confession loud today. We're just going to say it together. Now, does saying it with your lips mean anything? Not if it's not in your heart. Don't even waste your breath. Don't worry about if your neighbor's saying it loud or not because what they say doesn't influence you. Somebody else praying for you, is this a prayer of agreement with you? They're not magically doing something to you. Somebody can lay hands on you to receive healing, and you can say, I'm not worth it. I'm not qualified. This is God punishing me, which are all lies, and not receive healing. Is there something wrong with what they prayed? where you are we're gonna say these out loud I am God's workmanship I am a son of God I am full of the Holy Spirit I'm a new creation I am saved by grace I'm free from sin I'm a slave to righteousness i mm-hmm. you. God's plan for your life is better than what you've imagined he's got more for you in this life than you've imagined well I've got everything I need I'm content who are you bringing with you if your bubbles happy can you make a bigger bubble if you've got more than you need who are you reaching because he's not only given you enough just for you, he's given you enough to be a blessing. Father God, today we surrender ourselves to you, knowing that you know better than we do. Your plan is better than ours. And we say yes today. In Jesus name, amen.
1: Will you come and dismiss us? Praise the Lord. Amen. You know the a decision is simple. It takes, I guess, less than a second. We just choose, amen. And uh I believe some of us have made a choice this morning and uh praise the lord you know we we choose to believe the identity that we already have in him that's being given to us and uh praise god for that we choose to identify with the freedom that we already have praise god for that yeah so we choose to believe that we are part of an eternal family of believers praise god for that so as we go for the rest of the day and for the rest of the week choose to identify with who you are identified with choose to take that and walk in it Amen, so Father, I pray for our family here. I pray for those that are watching. I pray for all of us that you know we, we think of you often we 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 think of you throughout the week, we think of you throughout the day. Thank you that as we do, we will experience the love that you've already given to us, the love that you had for us before we accepted you as our savior. The love that we can experience no matter what we're in, the peace that we can experience no matter what we're in or what we've done. Just thank you for that. Thank you for a joyous week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We choose to walk in joy. We choose to walk in peace and love. In Jesus' magnificent name, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed in your victory. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Karin.